If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode... Palpatine, that's your cue. 66. There you go, of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but the Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on this Sunday, October 4th, 2020. Now, let's get things started by giving our shout-out today and for the next few weeks to just Grunt Talks MLB, because, unfortunately, our friends over at Team Left Jab have decided that Team Left Jab had run its course. So because it is no longer around, I obviously won't be shouting it out anymore. But the good news is that they have a new product on the way, hopefully in the near future, and they intend on featuring Yapping Yankees on there just as they did for Team Left Jab. So when they start start doing that, we'll be shouting out that new product, which I assume will be just as awesome as Team Left Jab was, so best of luck to them. But again, as for now, we'll be just shouting out Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their baseball content and where they feature Yapping Yankees. Also follow the main man behind the website, Darren on Twitter, at YankeeReport28. Special thanks to Grunt Talks MLB for helping spread the word every week about Yapping Yankees. And don't forget, guys, that you can help spread the word about Yapping Yankees every week as well, and stay updated on everything having to do with both me and the Yankees by following me on all social medias. You can follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero, and you can follow me on Instagram at Mike Scuds. 97. (laughs) In case you're wondering and haven't heard or seen that video on my social medias that just played after the intro of the show, that... That was just a little portion of a video of me and a few friends of mine reacting live to Gio Urshela's Grand Slam on Wednesday night. And some of the rest of it had curses in it, which I've also never posted on any of my social medias, but I did because it was too great not to. But I'm keeping Yapping Yankees pure, and I still just had to include it because it was too amazing. But again, keeping the curses off of Yapping Yankees because I'm trying to keep it a pure product here, no cursing. But you still got a good taste of that. There is more of the video on my social media. You can always head over to any of them to check out the video in its entirety. That's why I always tell you to follow me on social media. Got some good content on there. Got like thousands of views on Twitter and lots on Facebook and Instagram as well. And as you can very well hear, I am a very different animal when you watch a really important game with me live, guys. I really am. So that was a portion of the audio from that video. And obviously, since it's episode 66 today, I thought I'd give Palpatine and Star Wars a little bit of a plug because you know that whenever I see an opportunity to do that, I take it. So hopefully my fellow Star Wars fans out there appreciate that. (laughs) I'm a nerd. Leave me alone. But God, what a night that was. What a series against the Indians. I lost my voice for about three days and only got it almost fully back 
pretty much fully back today, basically. Just in time to record Yapping Yankees for you guys. And you can literally hear my vocal cords being slowly murdered as I'm screaming there. But you know what? It's completely worth it. Even if I do aspire to have a career that entirely depends on having my voice. But that wildcard series against the Indians, particularly and especially Game 2 on Wednesday night, was just as crazy, if not crazier, than that storm that they played through for a while in the bottom of the first that night. It was like they were playing in a hurricane. If you follow me on social media, namely on Twitter, you would know that I was not okay from that roller coaster of a game. From their decision to start the game when they did, to what happened in that game from start to finish. The back and forth, the intensity of that game, I was just not okay. It was such a storm of emotions, pun intended. None of us Yankee fans were okay. And obviously, we'll get into all the thrilling details later on when we do recap. But obviously, as we know, the Yankees did win games one and two and therefore swept the best of three series against the Indians in Cleveland, who they ultimately went on to face after action was all done after the recording of last Sunday's episode, since the games hadn't even started by the time I finished recording last Sunday, if you recall. Speaking of last Sunday, contrary to last Saturday, the Yankees ended up looking as lively as the zombies in Night of the Living Dead against the Marlins and lost 5 to nothing. And how about those Marlins, by the way, going into the wildcard series against the Cubs and sweeping them right out? Unbelievable. But anyway, <laughs> I get so easily distracted. So as I said last week, in order for the Yankees to remain in the fifth seed and take on either the Indians or the White Sox, the Orioles had to do the Yankees a favor and defeat the Blue Jays in order to prevent them from tying the Yankees in record and taking the fifth seed, which the Orioles would end up doing. They ended up defeating the Blue Jays 7-4. So the Yankees remained in the fifth seed, the Blue Jays remained in the eighth seed, and had to take on Tampa in the first round, which wasn't a fun time for them. And as I also predicted, the White Sox ended up losing to the Cubs, and the Red Hot Indians, Red Hot at the time I should say, ended up having a late comeback against the Pirates and defeated them, which resulted in the White Sox facing the A's in their wildcard series, and the Indians taking the fourth seed from the White Sox facing the fifth seed Yankees in Cleveland for the wildcard series. And as I said before, the Yankees ended up sweeping the wildcard series in Cleveland, looking as good as they possibly could in what was both a fantastic and nerve-wracking series, nerve-wracking basically because of Game 2, and now the Yankees are awaiting the start of the ALDS against their extreme rivals, the Tampa Bay Rays. We know these two teams do not get along whatsoever, and as Brett Gardner even said just a couple of days ago, they only said so much as, hey, to each other when they saw one another at the hotel in San Diego, so there's that. <laughs> even more drama surrounding the series that's about to start just tomorrow. It ought to be interesting, that's for sure. But obviously, whoever wins this series gets the last laugh in what has been an intense rivalry this year especially, particularly when, whether it was by accident or on purpose, Aroldis Chapman threw that really hard pitch towards Michael Brasso's head, basically right at it and missed. Then Tampa Bay punched back in their interviews saying that they had a whole stable of pitchers who could throw 98 miles an hour. Then after they clinched the playoffs and the AL East, they all came out with hats saying the 98ers as a reference to when they said, we have a whole stable of pitchers who could throw 98 miles an hour. There were suspensions handed out and the whole nine yards. Just a lot of heat between these two teams. 
And they've always had a rivalry in years past, especially because the Rays a lot of the time have had a tendency to play the Yankees tough. The Rays have almost always done so much with so little, and they've always had a rivalry in the past, especially because they're division rivals, so there's always at least a little bit of a rivalry there just to begin with. But especially this year, the tensions between these two ball clubs has just been at an all-time high. And the Rays really handled the Yankees very well this year, whether they were facing them at a time where the Yankees were fully healthy or not, because the Rays actually had their fair share of injuries as well, to say the least. They lost a ton of their vital guys, but the Rays still managed to go 8-2 and two against the Yankees this year, so that 2-8 and eight record for the Yankees against the Rays this year is really tough and not something the Yankees probably like to look back on. And as far as that record, it may hold little value, if any, but as I kept on repeating last week about the postseason, this is the playoffs. And regardless of what the Rays did during the regular season against the Yanks or whoever, I want to make this clear now, if the Yanks were to beat them right now in the playoffs when it truly matters, obviously the Yankees would be superior in the end and get the last laugh. Winning when it truly matters is what's important. Or, on the other hand, the Rays could just continue their dominance of the Yankees this year and continue it into the ALDS and laugh even harder as they move past them to the ALCS against either the A's or the Astros. Right now, of course, we aren't sure. But as per usual, we can predict. And clearly, what else is there to really talk about mostly this week with the ALDS between the Yanks and the Rays starting tomorrow and having such excitement and anticipation surrounding it? So given that fact, I figured why not make predictions for the upcoming series between these two teams? So that is this week's poll. After that, since there really isn't much Yankees news to go through other than quick news on James Paxton, we'll get right to recapping this past week's intense action, namely the two games in Cleveland, of course. But for now, let's get to this week's poll question and simply put, as I said just before, the question is, give it to me straight, who is winning the upcoming Yankees and Rays ALDS? And I say give it to me straight because when I ask a poll question like this, I go into it with the understanding that I'm asking my following who I know mostly consists of Yankee fans, and I'm asking them who they think is going to win in a matchup of their team against another team, especially a team like the Rays, who have such a strong rivalry with the Yankees right now. And I know because of my following mostly consisting of Yankee fans that a lot of these results, or at least some of them, may have a little bias attached to them. So that's why I say give it to me straight. That's basically my version of saying be as objective as you possibly can. And I'm not saying just because you're a Yankee fan, if you vote for the Yankees, your vote isn't going to be taken seriously. I do trust that at least a good amount of you have the ability to be objective. And if you think the Yankees are truly going to win, even without bias, then fine. Then that's your honest opinion. But basically, all I was asking by saying give it to me straight is just be as objective as you possibly can. And you know what? The same goes for any Rays fans that may have voted on this poll. You guys be objective as well. It's not good to always be a homer. It's good to be objective a lot of the time. So again, simply put, give it to me straight. Who do you think is winning the upcoming Rays and Yankees ALDS? And to also give me the amount of games you think it'll take the winning team to win in the comments below for your shout out on the show. And obviously the two choices are either the Yankees or the Rays. And by an overwhelming count, after over a thousand votes came in on Twitter, 
the Yankees were victorious in this poll, earning 86% of the vote. And again, I know some of that could possibly be Yankee fans having a little bias, or maybe not. I mean, me personally, I've interacted with so many Yankee fans on Twitter that could truly be objective and give their honest opinion without incorporating bias. So I would like to think a good amount of that at least are people thinking that the Yankees are going to win objectively if they are Yankee fans. But in the end, who knows truly, because I can't speak for everybody, obviously. So the Yankees earned 86% of the vote, and the Rays earned 14% of the vote. Over a thousand votes on Twitter came in, and we got dozens and dozens of replies. And we obviously don't have time for all of them, so I'll get through as many as I possibly can. I'll try to get through a little bit more than we usually do, but definitely not all of them. However, I will do my best. But as far as what I think before before we get into the replies for the poll on Twitter, I happen to agree with these results. Now, I know it's tough because, again, if you look back at the regular season numbers, the Rays defeated the Yankees 8 out of 10 times when they met in the regular season. And I know, I know the Rays dealt with a ton of injuries themselves, and credit to them for doing as well as they did this year, dealing with all of those injuries of their own. But the Yankees, as they usually have the last few years, were again missing a good amount of their key stars. And a few of those instances happened to be when they were taking on Tampa Bay at certain times. Now, the Yankees are at full health. Another upside? They're playing in a neutral site in San Diego and not in Tropicana Field, where the Yankees hate to play. I certainly think that could make at least a little bit of a difference. And lastly, if the Yankees look like they did in the series against Cleveland, where the offense is on and the team shows no quit in them, then obviously the Yankees are pretty much undefeatable at that point. A huge factor for the Yankees are the bats. If they show up and they play to the potential that we know they can play at, then the Yankees are damn near unbeatable. But if they look the way that they do, for example, in Game 60, the last game of the year against the Miami Marlins, then yeah, the Yankees are going to be in trouble. Especially against pitching like the Rays have, because the Rays have very, very good pitching. Which brings me around to them. The Rays are very known for their exceptional pitching. It's just great. Game one tomorrow is going to feature Garrett Cole against their ace, Blake Snell. But I have some belief in that game because the Yankees have gotten to Blake Snell before. And especially, again, as I said before, the Yankees back at full health with as many righty, humongous power bats as they have. I'm confident that tomorrow they can find a way to get to Blake Snell. Now, the Rays also have Charlie Morton and Tyler Glass now. Now, Tyler Glass now this year has been an absolute nightmare for the Yankees. He has tormented them. He's done fantastic against them. He has an amazing fastball that the Yankees have not been able to catch up to. He has a phenomenal breaking ball, which the Yankees have not been able to figure out. And he's just been a really tough matchup against them. And not to mention, he's a right-handed pitcher, with the Yankee lineup mostly being right-handed hitters, which you guys know I don't put too much value on. I look at that a little bit, but not too much. But it certainly could play a factor. And there have been plenty of games, too, where Charlie Morton gives the Yankees a tough time, even going back to his Houston Astro days. And the Rays also have a ton of great pitching out in the bullpen as well. And they also have a few guys in their lineup that give the Yankees a really hard time. Real pests to get out. Michael Brasseau being one of them. G-Man Choi being another one, who I'm looking forward to seeing how he does against Garrett Cole in Game 1, because we know that the last time he met Garrett Cole in Yankee Stadium, he really got to him. Kevin Kiermeyer, Even Mike Zanino, who had a really tough offensive season at the plate, he got to the Yankees this year. Arozarena's a tough out. Brandon Lau's a tough out. So yeah, the Rays have plenty of phenomenal aspects 
aspects about their team. So I am not by any means saying that this would be an easy series victory for the Yankees. In fact, I still think it's going to be really tough. But as I said, with the Yankees being back at full health, which they weren't the last time they saw the Rays, with them looking the way that they did against Cleveland, and if they continue that, just how undefeatable they would be. And of course, if the pitching holds it together, then I see the Yankees winning and moving past them. I'm sticking with my prediction that the Yankees are going to win the World Series this year. I truly think that when this team is firing on all cylinders, that they cannot be stopped. I've said that many times, and I will continue saying that. I was even saying that before the playoffs started and on social media when it was definite that the Yankees were taking on the Indians in the wildcard series, and everybody was saying, with reasonable concern because of the way they looked, especially on Sunday, and limped into the playoffs per se because they finished their last eight games with a 2-6 and record, so I get the concern, but everybody was saying, oh, with the way that they're looking, the inconsistency and going into the playoffs against Shane Bieber, who's winning the Cy Young, and this and that. What did I say at the end of last week's episode, and all throughout the episode, as a matter of fact, that it's the playoffs. Anything can happen. Have faith, and let's see what happens when the playoffs come around. And what happened? The Yankees flipped a switch and had themselves a great and thrilling series in Cleveland and defeated the Indians to be where they are right now. And if they continue that gameplay, I do not see them losing. But their work is cut out for them. The bats have to show up. They have to hit Ray's pitching, which, yes, they've had a tough time in doing in the past. I already acknowledged that, but they have got to do it in this series when it's truly important. Garrett Cole has got to come out strong against the Rays. He's had a couple of tough starts against them, but we saw what postseason Garrett Cole especially is capable of doing, and if he comes out like that again, he's going to be tough to touch. I don't care who he's facing. I'm confident that Tanaka should have better luck because he's had himself some very good starts against the Rays in the past. Obviously, we know how effective postseason Tanaka is in general, and as long as they don't have him pitching in a typhoon like they did in Game 2 against Cleveland, I'm pretty sure he'll find his stuff again. If I had to say there was a game they would have to lose, although I know he finished the season doing great and I give him all the credit in the world for that, as I've done in the past on past episodes, if there is a game that the Yankees are to lose, I'd probably say it's Game 3 if Jay Happ were to be out on the mound, which you could probably expect to see. I do definitely have the Rays winning at least one game in this series. I definitely do not see them going quietly. But I think in at least games one and two, especially if Garrett Cole and Masahiro Tanaka show up big time, I don't see how the Yankees lose those games. Even if they were to face Tyler Glass now in game two, which I still think he would give them a hard time, but I think the Yankees would find occasional moments in the game to get to him, just enough if Masahiro Tanaka did have his stuff, and if he were keeping the Rays silent, then maybe just a couple of runs is all they would need. So I know I've gone on a whole diatribe about this thing the last few minutes, but all in all, with all the reasoning I just gave, and probably throughout the replies and later on in the show, I'll probably give even more if any more pop into my head. But as for now, I'm sticking with my prediction of the Yankees winning the World Series, which of course only happens if the Yankees make it past this round, so naturally I'm staying consistent, and I'm saying the Yankees will defeat the Rays in this ALDS, they will get the last laugh against them, and I say they do it in four games. They win one and two with Garrett Cole and Masahiro Tanaka being out there. I think they probably lose game three, but then they'll wrap it up in game four. I wouldn't be surprised at all if it went game five, but even if it did, I think the Yankees win. It's bold, I know, because the Rays are tough, and I'm not saying it's going to be an easy matchup. The Yankees are going to have their tough times in this series. If they don't, I'll be shocked, because as I mapped out for you before, the Rays have a damn good ball club. They really, really do. 
but I say that the Yankees get the last laugh here, and everybody, including Rays fans, should go into this series not valuing the 2-8 and eight record that the Yankees had against the Rays during the season too much. As I said last week, and as I said throughout the week on social media, regardless of who they're facing, it's the playoffs, the Yankees are back at full health, anything can happen, have faith, and especially with evidence still that even against a guy of Shane Bieber's caliber, that the Yankees offense could still awaken the way they did in Cleveland if they do that again in San Diego against Tampa Bay at the neutral Petco Park and not at Tropicana Field, I think the Yankees could definitely move on from the Tampa Bay Rays, the top team in the American League this year, and have the last laugh in what has been a really intense rivalry between the two teams. I was one of very few few to hold faith in the Yankees going into game one against Shane Bieber and believing that this offense could awaken and get it done, and I am having faith in them again for this series. And although I have been wrong with some things this season, because of course I'm not God, I'm not perfect, but I have been pretty on the money with my predictions this year, as you guys know, and I will try to continue it going forward with this prediction. Alright, enough of my babbling, let's hear what you guys have to say down in the Twitter replies. First up, we got at Julian Guillarte, one saying Yankees in four. All right, so Julian agrees with me. Up next, we have at CJ Lawler 95, and he says, if, a big if, Cole and Tanaka show up, they should set the tone for the series. The offense should follow. The rest of the pitchers better follow through, though. And if anyone is wondering, if the Rays win, they'll be the ones I pull for in the World Series. Well, they would still have to get past either the A's or the Astros first, whoever wins in the other American League Division Series. But I do understand. I am a little surprised that, as a Yankee fan, you would root for the Rays going forward because, of course, the rivalry from this year. I mean, it's been crazy. I mean, I know certain people say, ah, because they beat us, you know what? They got the best of us. Tip your cap to them. I'll root for them going forward because they were the better team. I know some people tend to think like that, but I can't imagine that if the Rays end up winning this series that too many Yankee fans root for the Rays going forward. But hey, you know what? To each their own. As far as what you said otherwise, I completely agree, of course, and I even said it myself before, if Cole and Tanaka come out, if Cole comes out looking like he did in Game 1 against Cleveland, just basically nearly untouchable, and if he is the Garrett Cole that we all know and expect, and even more so in the playoffs, because we know he dials it up to an even higher level in the postseason, and if Tanaka finds his stuff from Game 2, which again, I don't really blame the Game 2 struggles for because of the pitching conditions he was in, the beginning of that game was just absolutely wild, and quite frankly, Frankly, it was pretty unfair to ask of any starting pitcher to get off to a good start in their outing that day. So I really don't blame Masahiro for that, and I am confident that he'll find his stuff, both because they'll be in San Diego, hopefully the weather is very nice, and because he has had great starts against Tampa in the past. And if they do that, I completely agree that is huge for the Yankees and should set the tone, and of course, if the offense does follow, as I said, that would be the Yankees playing at the potential we know they can, and at that point, especially at full health, I just really don't see the Yankees being very beatable. I just really don't. So I agree, CJ. All right, let's keep going. We're going to try to get through as many as we can. At Laura underscore Iceman says, Yankees in five. The Rays are going to put up a tough battle, but I'm optimistic that our guys will get it done. Completely agree. I think it's going to be a tough series. As I said before, just because I have the Yankees winning, and that's completely an objective opinion, as I said, just because I have them winning does not mean I'm saying they're going to win in easy fashion. I think it's going to be a really tough series. The Rays are such a good team. 
but I think the Yankees have what it takes, and I don't value that 2-8 and eight record against the Rays very much in the regular season at this point, because what happened in the regular season at this point in the playoffs is nearly irrelevant. It's the playoffs now. Anything can happen. You can value the 2-8 and eight somewhat, and I guess I do, but it's mostly irrelevant to me, because right now in the playoffs, they're 0-0 zero and zero against each other, and that's all that matters to me. At Evan D. Wetzel 4 says, as a Yankees fan, I have faith that we win. As a baseball realist, I understand how hard this series will be, and even if we lose it, it won't be as bad as Houston series was. In 2017, I knew we could, should, and would have won if not for cheating. Yeah, speaking of that, I actually put up a Carlos Correa tweet the other day that really upset Astros Twitter. What a tragedy. Deflecting the whole steroids thing at me as if I ever said I supported taking steroids or that I ever supported the steroid era or any Yankee taking steroids, whether it be A-Rod or somebody else. Never said I supported that. And actually, I've come out saying multiple times that I thought that that was always wrong. But hey, if you want to deflect that at me, go ahead. That's really the only comeback that they have, I guess. Anything to ignore what was done three years ago, but it is extremely easy to upset the Astros fans on Twitter. Just know that. I even had to mute the tweet at some point because I just was getting countless notifications and it was really just, I just needed peace and quiet. But between that and also the amount of people agreeing with me, it was just too many notifications. I just had to mute the tweet. But yeah, that was funny. Just speaking of the Astros really quickly. I put out the tweet about Carlos Correa because of his unbelievable arrogance after the Astros swept the biggest postseason frauds I've ever seen in my lifetime, known as the Minnesota Twins, who I also made a rant video about a few days back earlier in the week. The Twins are just the biggest teases and the biggest choke artists in the playoffs. I know some people may argue Dodgers, but at least they get far most of the time. The Twins just right away, the playoffs start, they're done. No matter who they're versing and no matter how scary they look. And Carlos Correa was acting so arrogant afterwards and making it seem like the opposing fans and the opposing players are the bad guys for giving Houston a tough time for what they did. And I'm sorry, I just don't want to put up with that. So I put a tweet out and it really upset Astros Twitter. What a surprise. It was funny though. (laughs) They're just so delicate whenever you bring up 2017. It's adorable. But anyway, back to the subject. Yeah, it should be a tough series, Evan. No one is denying that. It's going to be tough. At Peace Now for Life says, I say Yankees in five. Definitely won't be an easy series, but not playing at the Trop helps, and the Yankees have their swagger back. Well, that's basically a long story short for everything I was saying before, a few of the things I was saying at least. Definitely not playing at the Trop, I think, should help at least a bit. And yeah, if the Yankees take their gameplay that they showed in Cleveland into this series in San Diego against the Tampa Bay Rays, good things should come of it. They really seem to have awakened, and they were playing on a level that we haven't seen them play in quite some time. At NYY Fan Forever 96 says, Raise in four as of now. Yankees batted an awful 117 with runners in scoring position against the Rays this year. If they can hit well with runners in scoring position and pitch, well, then it's the Yankees winning in four or five. Well, that is fair. The Yankees certainly had their runners in scoring position problems, particularly in that three week stretch when they were playing horrible baseball. And then again, in about the last week or so of the regular season when they finished off slow. And plenty of those times were against Tampa Bay, which, as As I mentioned before, the Yankees have had their struggles against their pitching. They definitely have. So that's a fair stat to mention. That's one thing that I said they have to correct. If the bats show up, that's a big thing. That's basically the main factor. Of course, the pitching has to do great and the offense follow as well, but there have been a lot of times, a lot of games throughout this short and regular season where the offense being dead or blowing countless scoring opportunities really handed the Yankees a lot of losses that they probably shouldn't have had. So yes, as I said before, 
before and you're reiterating it, the bats have to show up, especially with runners in scoring position. You cannot be blowing chances with runners in scoring position, especially not against a team like the Tampa Bay Rays. At Greg4384713 says, Yankees in five games. It's a tough matchup for both teams, but I think the Yankees' power will come through and win the series. It won't be easy. That definitely won't be easy, Greg, but Yankees in five. All right. At Yankees Libero 7 says, Yankees in four. Okay. At Laura underscore Navens, Yankees in four. Another Yankees in four. Okay. That's what I predicted. At Laker 477, Yankees in four. All right. We got three in a row. Yankees in four games. At D Super 15 says, Yankees in three. Sweeping the series, okay. As I said before, I don't see the Yankees sweeping this series. I definitely see the Rays giving a tough battle, if anything, but okay. At Pete Galawash says, I'm a Yankee fan, but Rays in four. Okay, that's fine. You think the Rays will win the series. That's completely fine. It's definitely not an outrageous statement to say to think that the Rays are going to win the series, especially with how good of a team they are. So regardless of whether you're a Yankee fan or not, that's not a ridiculous thing to say at all. Even though I have the Yankees winning this series, I definitely don't ignore the fact that the Rays could definitely still win. I even admitted in my prediction that I still see the Rays giving a very tough battle, even if the Yankees do end up winning. At Christian Amo 44 says, I think Rays in five. Love the Yankees, but we can't beat them. All right, so the Yankees have something to prove to you. And you know what? They have to prove it to all of us this series, and I think they know that. They have to go out there and beat the Tampa Bay Rays finally. The regular season was not easy for them against the Rays at all. They've got to go out there and do it now when it truly matters. At Hine underscore Johnny Hine says Yankees in four. At P. Clausel 81 says Yankees in four. We got a few Yankees in four predictions here. At Justin C. 41007562 says Yanks in four. If it goes three or five, I have a funny feeling that it goes to Tampa Bay. All right, pretty specific. At 315 underscore 559 says Yanks in five. Cole wins games one and five. Well, yeah, of course, if he had to do game five, he would be on short rest because remember, in the ALDS and CS, which we said on Yapping Yankees about a week or two ago, there are no days off within the series. So yeah, Cole would have to do game five on short rest. At Yanks 23242 says Yankees in five. Okay, so the series goes all the way to game five. That would give me a heart attack probably. (laughs) At as if Yankee says Yanks in four, they will continue what they did in the wild card series and dominate. Well, yeah, as I said before, if they continue what they did in the wild card series, I find it really hard to believe that the Yankees are losing to much of anybody. At will go underscore 85 says it will take four games for the Yankees to win, in my opinion. All right, you're very much not alone, my friend. <laughs> At Capo Caco says raise in five. All right, Ugh, that would be a heartbreaker. <laughs> At Trill Marigold says Yankees in five. At Sev3RS3 says Yanks in five as well. And so does at Ram Future. All three of them Yankees winning in five games. All right, let's do a few more Twitter predictions. My good friend Tina at MountainGal456 says, With the Yankees getting back in their groove from the last series, both in hitting and pitching, I'm going to say the Yankees win in five. I agree, Tina. What we saw in Cleveland is definitely a huge confidence booster. And yes, as many people have said, and they're correct, they have to prove this week that they can beat the Rays, especially when it matters. But no doubt, what we saw in Cleveland is a huge confidence booster, as I'm sure it was for the Yankees, too. At E-Man Unplugged says, bold prediction, Yankees in three. Well, yeah, the Rays being swept is definitely a bold prediction, but hey, I respect it. I respect all the opinions here. We don't know what's going to happen yet. That's the fun of predicting. 
Yankees in three. That is definitely bold. My good friend Tyler's up next at the goat underscore 12 says Yankees in five. All right. At Miguel underscore G1 says Yankees in four. We've gotten a ton of Yankees in four in these replies. Chuck McKay at CMCK Boy Chuck says Yankees in four. Another Yankees in four. At Steve Zim 16 says Yanks in three. They're going to come out hungry and mad. Yeah, as far as the mad, I assume you mean because of the rivalry. I just cannot wait for this series, even more so because of how high the tensions are between these two teams. So yeah, that could very well make them mad. And if they come out hungry, and if they come out the way that they did against Cleveland, as I said, I don't believe it'll be Yanks in three, but I don't think they're very defeatable. All right, let's do three more. At Darren Rossinger, one says Yanks in four. All right, you're one of many, Darren. At Alberto Bulkow says Yanks in five. Okay. At Yankees Guy 93 says Yankees in four. Yanks take games one and two. Rays win game three. Yanks win game four and finish it off then. Well, if you heard what I said before, I very much agree with that because I think especially if Garrett Cole and Tanaka are locked down in games one and two, and if the offense comes out swinging, I think it'll be really tough to beat the Yankees in those first two games. They could very well lose game three with Jay Happ out there again, even though he finished the season very well in his last few starts, not denying that. But then in game four, if he takes the mound. If Davey Garcia is out there, he's locked down. And again, if the offense, because the offense is really a huge factor, if not the main factor, I think it's the main factor. But even more so, if they come out swinging, then yeah, I definitely think that could be the way it could go. Yankees win one and two, lose three and win four. I think that's fair. All right, let's finish off with one more here on Twitter, actually. At MD Nelly says, Yanks in four. The so-called rivalry is in the Rays players' heads. The second there is pressure on them, they will crack. Ooh. All right. We'll see what happens. We'll finish off with that reply. We'll finish off on a bang. So for now on Twitter, that's all for the Twitter replies, but let's head on over to Instagram. And then after we're done with the poll segment on Instagram, we'll recap the one piece of quick James Paxton news in Yankees news. And then we'll recap this past week's two games, two incredible games against the Cleveland Indians in the wild card round. All right. So on Instagram with the poll, of course, the same question applies. Give it to me straight. Who's winning the upcoming Yankees and Rays? ALDS. And of course, again, the two choices were Yankees and Rays. And I also said to DM me the amount of games you think it'll take for the winning team to win the series, just like on Twitter. And also just like on Twitter, people's belief in the Yankees did prevail on Instagram as well, with 76% of people voting for the Yankees saying that they will win this upcoming ALDS. And 24% of people saying that the Tampa Bay Rays will be victorious. All right, let's read a few replies here on Instagram, and then we'll move on to Yankees news quickly. First up on Instagram is Tony Bino 29 and Tony says, I say the Yankees in four. The Rays are going to be a pain, but it's time for the Yankees to put them to rest after getting killed by them all year. Playing in San Diego is going to help them big time, I think. Plus, it's not depressing like Tropicana. <laughs> I definitely agree with that. I hate every single time the Yankees go to Tropicana Field to play. But yes, I agree. If you're the Yankees, it is time to shut this team up for good and win when it truly matters, get the last laugh, and turn it around against Tampa after the ugly season that they had against them. 
Richard Chin is picking the Rays in four because they need to prove that they could hit better against them in the postseason. Completely agree. They definitely have to hit better against Tampa. The bats have to show up. They definitely have to show up. It's the main factor. And again, if we see the same Yankees team that we saw in Cleveland, the team that never stops, never gives up, and is ever so resilient, if we see that again in the Tampa Bay series, the Rays are going to have a tough time. Any team would. Then we had Sayesh2914, and he says Rays. They're the Vegas favorites, and Vegas is not often wrong. Well, yeah, even when they're not wrong, though, I would imagine that you want to form your own opinion based on the teams themselves and the chances they have against each other realistically based on what you've seen this season or what you expect or not expect to happen for each individual team when they face each other. Like, the matchup itself, not so much what Vegas says, but if you want to go by Vegas, fine, to each their own. Then we had my good friend Steph Cassidy, and she says Yankees in four. All right, Steph, I like it. Up next, we have my girlfriend at Vic Salimo, and Vic says Yankees in four as well. We've got a ton of Yankees in four predictions today. I like it a lot. And as always, last but certainly not least, is my amazing mother, Julia Gina Scudero. And my mom says, of course, I'm going to say the Yankees are winning, but I can't lie when I say I'm worried about the Rays. They've been incredible and kryptonite for the Yankees. I'm praying we'll win number 28. Mom, completely reasonable concerns. Of course, we know how good the Rays did against the Yankees this year. They were great against the Yankees. They did very well. They dealt with injuries of their own, and whether or not they faced the Yankees in time of injury for them, They gave Yankees pitching a tough time, the Rays pitching shut the Yankees' bats down, and much more often than not, they were in control. So those are definitely very reasonable concerns to have, no doubt about it. And we've expressed all those concerns throughout this show so far. They are legitimate concerns. But I also do love the confidence that you're putting out there. Obviously, although we both agree that this should be a very tough and hard-fought series, as we should hope it is between two very good teams... We both expect the Yankees to prevail in the end. So thank you, Mom, and thank the rest of you for your replies as well. That is all for this week's replies on Twitter and Instagram. As always, I, of course, again, want to thank you guys so, so much for taking the time to join in on the fun with this week's poll here on Yapping Yankees. I greatly appreciate all the interactions, guys. And as always, I know there were tons of you I didn't get to this week. A lot of people had thoughts they put forward as to who's going to win and in how many games, and I tried to read as many as possible. I certainly hope I got to you, but if I didn't, of course, just keep commenting on future social media segments and I will get around to you. So, before we get to recapping this past week's awesome action, let's just run through something really quick in Yankees news for this week. Just a really quick report on James Paxton. Now, the last time we spoke about Pax, it was obviously after he had a setback with his flexor strain injury. The Yankees had transferred him from the 10-day IL to the 45-day IL, and we knew that he could potentially return at some point very late in the playoffs, if anything, but especially since he still had not picked up a baseball at the time to keep on throwing, everyone was assuming that James Paxson would be done for the rest of 2020, and understandably so. But we also know that throughout this season with all the injuries, the Yankees have put out some conflicting reports, and along the way, certain information about certain injuries had changed, and that would appear the same for this report. Because now, Aaron Boone and the Yankees seem to not be counting out James Paxton for some sort of a role, potentially, by the very end of the playoffs if the Yankees are to make it that far. 
Obviously, if the Yankees were to make it past this American League Division Series against the Rays, they would still have the American League Championship Series, the ALCS, against either the Astros or the Athletics, and then after that comes the World Series. So maybe by some point in the ALCS, maybe by some point in the World Series, just maybe, they're not entirely ruling out James Paxton, since he has apparently began throwing again, and it's possible that maybe he could come back in a bullpen capacity. Long relief, maybe pitching a couple of innings if need be. You definitely can't get him stretched out enough to get him back into a starting role. That's definitely out of the question. And even this bullpen role is not confirmed, but they're basically saying it could happen. They're not ruling it out. But obviously, it was definitely reasonable for the Yankees and everybody else, fans included like myself, to think that James Paxton was completely done because it's also not very smart to just throw a guy in there who's missed so much time like James Paxton has just throw him into the playoffs in such an important time, just completely cold. So there's that too. So there's no confirmation as to whether we'll see James Paxton or not, but they're not completely counting him out of having at least somewhat of a role, basically out in the bullpen towards the end of the playoffs. So although nothing is really confirmed yet when it comes to James Paxton, that is really the latest on him. It's possible, possible that we could basically see him in a bullpen role towards the very end of the playoffs, if at all. So time will tell. Of course, the Yankees have to even make it that far for this to even be a legitimate discussion. The Yankees will see how he progresses and if it's worth it to activate him that late and in that important of a spot, even if it is out in the bullpen, which is what it would be if he were to return. And let's not hold our breath, but we'll see what happens. So that is the latest on PAX. Okay. Now, (laughs) time for my favorite part, weekly recap. And the evil laugh commenced because I am very happy, of course, as are all Yankee fans, about what took place this past week in the wild card series against the Indians. Now, I'm not going to recap last Sunday's game against the Marlins, game 60 of the regular season, because, of course, as I mentioned earlier in the show, the Yankees completely sleptwalked through that game and lost to the Marlins 5 to nothing. And, obviously, since we're headed into the American League division series, not only does nobody care what happened in game 60 last week, but everybody cares to talk about what is truly important, and that is what happened in Cleveland this past week. And of course, as I also said earlier on in the show, the Yankees were able to hold on to that fifth seed and had the opportunity to play the Indians who took the fourth seed after their game with the Pirates, thanks to the Orioles who defeated the Blue Jays that day as well last Sunday by a score of 7-4, to four, preventing the Yankees from having to play Tampa right away in the first round in the Wild Card series, and having the Yankees head to Cleveland to play the Indians instead. So after Game 60 was completed, complete on Sunday. Monday was an off day considering the season was officially over and the playoff teams were given a day to get to where they have to go for their wild card series, especially the American League team since they started right away on Tuesday. And speaking of the 60 games being complete, of course we know that the Yankees did end up playing all 60 of their games. But on last week's episode, I just have to make a brief correction because I did also say that all teams did play their 60 games and there were a couple that actually didn't. They played 58 or 59, but you get it. They basically finished their seasons. But I did say that all of them played all 60, and that is not true. So just a little correction. I really never make a mistake here on Yapping Yankees. So it happens. I'm a human being. What can I tell you? Nobody's perfect. So everybody did play 60 games other than the Detroit Tigers, who played 58, and the Cardinals, who played 58. And the Cardinals were a pretty important one because the seeding with them and the Reds could have changed if they played those two games. And if they would have lost both of them or lost one of them, who 
knows what would have happened with the seeding. They could have finished under the Reds. The Tigers, on the other hand, don't matter because even if they would have played those final two games, they wouldn't have made the playoffs anyway. So that was just a minor mistake I made on last week's episode that I wanted to just correct really quick this week. That just the Cardinals and the Tigers did not play all 60 games of their season, but still managed to get 58 games in, which is still great. And the other 28 teams, of course, played all 60, which, as I said last week, is quite the accomplishment given the circumstances all throughout the season. But anyway, back to this past week. So it was an off day on Monday. Tuesday, the American League wildcard series games began. The Yankees were in Cleveland. Shane Bieber against Garrett Cole, which on last week's episode, I even said if this matchup were to take place, if the Indians were to be the Yankees opponents in the wildcard series, that it should be one for the ages. Regardless of who they versed, I was having faith in the Yankees. I was believing that they could make it to the ALDS to face either the Rays or the Blue Jays afterwards, and I was just hoping for a really, really fun matchup, which of course we know now. We definitely got one, (laughs) to say the least. So Tuesday, Garrett Cole, Shane Bieber. I was hoping that, as I said, since anyone can go out there and have themselves a bad day, that that would happen to Shane Bieber, who obviously is expected to win the Cy Young Award for the American League after the playoffs end. And I was saying, if the Yankee Bats show up, it doesn't matter who they face. They're going to have themselves a good night. And that they did on Tuesday. They won big. 12-3 behind an explosive night from the offense right off the bat, pun intended, and literally, as you'll hear in just a moment, and also behind what was just an excellent, phenomenal playoff start for Garrett Cole. And this is truly, truly why the Yankees brought Garrett Cole here, to be a true ace especially when it matters in a big postseason spot like Game 1 against the man who is expected to win the Cy Young Award in Shane Bieber. To come here and be that ace that the Yankees have been searching for for years and to deliver that amazing performance that we know that he can give when called upon, especially in the playoffs. That's why he's here. That is why Garrett Cole is a New York Yankee. And he came out on Tuesday night against the Indians, against Shane Bieber, and reminded everybody why he's here and why he is Garrett Cole. Truly one of the best arms in the game. Coming out in game one of a quick three-game series where setting the tone right away is paramount. Seven innings, just two runs, mainly the one big run was on the solo shot by Josh Naylor, who was basically the only one in the entire Indians lineup that night that really had Garrett Cole's number, and what a series overall that Naylor had, so you just got to tip your cap to him in general. But just two runs, 13 strikeouts, 13 Garrett had it working that night. He was just a treat to watch. But also, as I said before, it was also very much thanks to an explosive night on offense, which definitely also early on must have helped Garrett Cole settle down right away, going right into the first inning, because you know what? The Yankees got started right away and throughout the entire game did not stop. That'll definitely help an ace also have a fantastic start when needed. In the top of the first, on the fourth pitch of the game, a three-pitch at-bat by DJ to start the game resulted in a line drive single to right field, and then on the fourth pitch of the game, batting second, the first pitch he sees, Aaron Judge launches a ball to right center field on the fourth pitch of the game again. I'm going to keep emphasizing that because this is just how quick action got started on Tuesday night for the Yankees. Gives the Yankees a 2-0 lead on a two-run shot. And again, it's understandable because since he's come back, he hasn't looked too great, but all the concern about Judge going into this game, and he does that 
to start off. All of the struggling he may have been doing headed into the playoffs, that really silenced all of the controversy about it. So that was awesome and just the best way possible that they could have started that game. Then they kept on going, as I said. In the top of the third, RBI double by Luke Voigt, foot stuff and all. He just continues to kill the baseball, 3-0. But then the Indians got on the board. They got Garrett into a little bit of trouble in the bottom of the third. Jose Ramirez, who had himself a hell of a series too. RBI double to get the Indians on the board, 3-1. And then the Yankees continued on after that. It's like anytime the Indians tried to show any signs of life, the Yankees would just shut it down right away. In the top of the fourth, Brett Gardner, who everybody was surprised to see in the lineup over Clint Frazier, had himself an amazing night. Just everything, everything worked out on Tuesday night. Brett Gardner started off his amazing night in the top of the fourth, RBI double driving in Glaber Torres, who also went four for four, Glaber did. As I said, just amazing. So an RBI double driving in Glaber made it four to one, and then DJ LeMayhew, what else is new? That's actually a pretty good rhyme. DJ LeMayhew, what else is new? That's pretty good. I'll stick with that. <laughs> so, what else is new for DJ? RBI single, 5-1. to one. And then in the bottom of the fourth, the last run that the Indians would score off of Garrett again by Josh Naylor, who had himself a really nice series and was really the only one who had Garrett Cole's number. Solo shot to right center field, a bomb. Made it 5-2 to two Yankees. But then after that, they really did not look back at all. Top of the fifth, Glaber Torres, two-run bomb over the big wall and left. Made it 7-2. to Then in the top of the seventh, Gio Urshela, who would have himself a day the next night on Wednesday, which we'll get to shortly, unlike much of anybody else you've seen before, hit a sacrifice fly to make it 8-2. to two. Then Glaber Torres continued his hot night. RBI single made it 9-2. to two. Brett Gardner shutting people up again, questioning the lineup decision. And again, I don't want to make believe that I wasn't surprised to see Gardner in the lineup either. I was expecting Clint too, but when it comes to the playoffs in a big spot, I'm always willing to see just what happened. Happens. I don't overreact about anything like that. And plus, Gardner's bat was red hot heading into the playoffs, and this was just a fine example, yet another fine example, that especially in the playoffs, you do not sit the hot hand. And coming into this, Brett Gardner was the hot hand, and he continued it. Again in this spot, two-run shot in the top of the seventh, made it 11-2 to two Yankees. At this point, just piling on. And then in the top of the ninth, John Carlos Stanton. This was the hit that I think it's safe to say would end up getting him going, especially as far as the next night is concerned. He hits a solo shot to put the Yankees up 12 to 2. And then off of Luis Sessa in the bottom of the ninth, Tyler Naquin hit an RBI single for the Indians to make it 12 to 3. And the Yankees would win by that score 12 to 3. Seven runs off of Shane Bieber in just four and two thirds of work, nine hits. As I said, Shane Bieber, who's about to win the Cy Young Award for the American League after the end of the playoffs, or whoever can go out there and have a bad day, and that is exactly what happened. Even against the American League Cy Young Award winner, the Yankees were dominant. And what a story it was on Tuesday night, how the mostly struggling and inconsistent Yankee lineup, how they ended up dominating the Indians, and especially dominating the American League's best pitcher, Shane Bieber. Unbelievable first game. They would go into Wednesday night, game two. Obviously, the Yankees and all of their fans, including myself, just wanted to end it with game two, wanting nothing to do with game three, and understandably so. Who wants to play an elimination game if you don't have to? 
And not only did the Yankees fulfill their own wishes and all of their fans' wishes by wanting to finish it in Game 2, but it was also, as I said, a game for the ages. They ended up winning and in historic fashion. Now, this game, before we end today, I'm going to go through it inning by inning because of how incredible it was. So the game started late. First pitch was delayed to 7.50 because of rain. Just really bad weather in Cleveland that night. And then they start at 7.50. The Yankees go down 1-2-3 in the top of the first. And then Masahiro Tanaka. As I said before, this is why I don't blame him for any of the runs he gave up, especially not in the bottom of the first that night. This poor guy comes out in the bottom of the first in an absolute typhoon. It was an awful storm. You could barely even see the field on camera. So, obviously, since more rain was coming in, you ask yourself, why did they decide to start the game when they did and not just wait for all potential rain to move out of the area so we don't have to go through a second rain delay and play in this horrible storm? In the playoffs, Major League Baseball is in charge of determining when the games will start, analyzing the forecast, and really going into rain delays and coming back out of them at a certain time. It's on the league, so the league took a colossal L with their decision-making here. You can't tell me that they didn't see the potential for that bad of weather if they were to start the game at 7.50, which, of course, they did. So, in the bottom of the first, they waited for the Indians to score a run before going into a second rain delay. And then before you know it, they're already coming out of the rain delay. Tanaka unfortunately gives up three runs, mostly with the runners that he left on base before the second rain delay when he was having trouble pitching through that awful storm, and understandably so. Nobody should ever have to pitch in weather that bad the way Tanaka did in the bottom of the first that night. That was a disgrace on MLB's part. And mind you, it's still the first inning, but he had that gap of rest because of the second rain delay, and the weather was brutal. So that inning was a mess, and because of that whole mess with the weather, at the start of the game, you really just had it in your mind that this game had bad written all over it. And I mean bad like 2007 Midge is bad. You know what I mean, the whole thing with Jabba Chamberlain back 13 years ago. Except this time, it was the horrible weather and the even worse decision-making by Major League Baseball to start the game when they did. So the game had bad written all over over it, especially after it was four to nothing after that whole mess in the first inning. But, and this is another reason why the Yankees deserved all the credit in the world for their unbelievable and historic performance all around on Wednesday night, they did not give in at any point. They stayed determined, they stayed resilient, and in the end, as we know, found themselves on top. But after that disaster, absolute disaster in the first inning all around, The Yankees come out in the top of the second inning, and they get on the board. Thanks to Giancarlo Stanton, who seemed, again, to be finding his swing since he hit that home run at the end of Tuesday night in the ninth inning. And this was definitely the first indication of maybe that home run in the top of the ninth the night before, maybe resulting in him coming around. And we know how much more dangerous and lethal the Yankees are when they have a red-hot Giancarlo Stanton. They're that much more dangerous. And he is a big reason amongst many more, which you'll hear in just the next few minutes, as to why the Yankees won this game. But he continued his hot streak that, again, seemed to have started from that home run the night before with a solo shot, a mammoth bomb to right center 
center field to get the Yankees on the board, and they were trailing 4-1 to one at that point in the second inning. The score would remain that way until the top of the fourth. This is the point where the audio from that video that you heard at the start of the show would take place. This inning was the beginning of the end of my voice, and definitely one for the record books as far as happiness and excitement is concerned. And up to this point, since the first inning when he gave up four runs, Tanaka pitched scoreless second and third innings to keep the score the same and keep the Yankees in the game, which obviously later down the road proved to be very important. Just another important aspect of this Yankee victory amongst many. But in the top of the fourth, Aaron Hicks would lead the inning off with a triple on a line drive towards center field, misplayed by Delino DeShields, but obviously it was still a triple. Then Luke Voigt walked and Stanton walked, so the bases were loaded with nobody out. And the Indians reliever, if not their best relief pitcher, then definitely one of the best, James Karinchek comes in and replaces Carlos Carrasco. And after a long at-bat with him, the first thing he does is give up a nuke to Gio Urshela, a go-ahead grand slam to make it 5-4. to four. And the audio you heard at the start of the show from the video that I put on social media when I was reacting to it live with my friends is all that you need to hear if you want to know how I reacted to that in the moment. This home run made me go psycho. <laughs> this was crazy. But what a moment, what a moment in this game. Just the first of many for Gio Urshela, who's probably, although he is amongst the reasons the Yankees won this game, probably the biggest reason why they won. Because yes, that grand slam wasn't all he did. (laughs) He was just in God mode on Wednesday night. Remember, don't ever forget that the Yankees got this guy for cash considerations. (laughs) Oh my God, one of the bigger steals in memory. Oh my god. I just can't get over that, nor should anybody. And all of this particularly against a former team of his in the Indians. Just unreal. The Indians probably just endlessly stare at this guy in perpetual disbelief at what they gave up. I mean, I would too if I gave him up and he ended up finding his way to the Yankees and then doing this to me. Oh boy, Gio Urshela. I even made a joke on social media that night a couple of times. I made videos of myself saying that Jesus Christ has in fact come again. He's just disguised as Gio Urshela. (laughs) I mean, he was so good that that might actually end up being believable. (laughs) Just crazy. So that unbelievable home run would give the Yankees a 5-4 lead. They were down 4-1. They jump out 5-4. In the bottom of the fourth, Tanaka would pitch a 1-2-3 inning. And then in the top of the fifth, the Yankees would add on some insurance. Aaron Hicks leading off the inning with a walk. Wow, what a shocker. Aaron Hicks walking again. Luke Voigt, double. John Carlos Stanton steps up again in another big spot, hoping to get at least one run in. And he does. Sacrifice fly. Aaron Hicks comes home to score. The Yankees take a 6-4 lead. Then, Tanaka came out in the bottom of the fifth, and unfortunately, things got a bit out of control. So Tanaka comes out, gives up an RBI double to Francisco Lindor, and Tanaka had already pitched great in the second, third, and fourth, especially for a guy that had to pitch in the conditions he had to in the bottom of the first, and then expect to come back out and give the Yankees at least a little bit of length after that whole mess. It's just a train wreck for him. That's why I think he'll be extra hungry when he comes back out against the Rays, because he'll be looking to bounce back big time after that whole wreck of a night. But he comes out in the bottom of the fifth, gives up a leadoff double to Lindor, walks Cesar Hernandez, and then after that, The Yankees decide to switch to Chad Green, who, if you remember, has not had very good fortune in Cleveland in big spots, and that would not change here. 
Chad Green would give up a game-tying two-run double to Jose Ramirez, who again just had himself a great series. He's just such a tough out in that Indians lineup. But Jose did make it to third on the throw home because they tried to nail Hernandez at the plate, but a bad throw by DJ prevented that from happening. So Jose was the go-ahead run, and he made his way to third. And then fortunately, Chad Green got three straight outs after that, striking out Santana, striking out Fran Mil Reyes, and then getting Josh Naylor, who had just went four for four the night before, of course, and a two-run double back in the bottom of the first off of Tanaka in that mess of an inning. Again, Naylor, another one who just had himself a very nice series alongside Jose Ramirez, the two of them basically making up most of the Indians' lineup as far as damage is concerned. Chad got Naylor to fly out to end the fifth inning, and he did not allow any more than two runs, but of course, those two runs on base were from Tanaka, so they were charged to Masahiro. And then in the sixth, the Yankees would strike back again right away, Gary Sanchez after a walk by Brett Gardner, the one you would least expect it from with the wind helping him out, lifts the ball in the air out to right field. The wind helps it by pushing it back, back, back and over the wall for a go-ahead two-run shot. The Yankees now lead 8-6. to six. Just again, from the way the game started out to the back and forth throughout and the way it ended, this game was just crazy. So now it's 8-6, to six, and then in the bottom of the 6th, Chad Green, after allowing a hit to Roberto Perez, a hit to Delino DeShields, and striking out Tyler Naquin, was replaced by Zach Britton, who came in and got Francisco Lindor, who, of course, this year in this strange season, just has not been the same hitter that he usually is, to ground into an inning-ending double play, a huge double play for Zach Britton. But unfortunately, his good fortune would not hold up in the bottom of the seventh because he would play a part in the Indians ultimately tying the game. And it was aggravating because he got the first two outs of the inning. He got Hernandez to strike out. He got Jose Ramirez to ground out. But then after that, a two-out rally started by Zach Britton, seemingly losing the strike zone, especially with that sinker of his. He walks Carl. Carlos Santana, he walks Fran Mil Reyes, and then Sandy Alomar Jr. with one of the worst moves on paper. I say on paper because, of course, as you're about to hear, it ended up working out. <laughs> but on paper, it looked like the worst decision, one of the worst you'll ever see in sports. He decides to pinch hit Josh Naylor with Jordan Luplo, a right-handed hitter who had batted 192 in the regular season and had not seen an at-bat in this series yet. With Jonathan Lewisica heading into the game after the Yankees decided to take Zach Britton out after the Fran Mill Reyes walk. And even more so, Jonathan Lewisica is a righty. Josh Naylor is a lefty, so the favor obviously goes towards him, naturally. Pinch hitting for Josh Naylor with the series he's having. So he went with that decision, and shockingly, Jordan Luplow batting 192 on the regular season, pinch hitting for Josh Naylor, one of the best hitters in the series so far, hits a two-run game-tying double. <laughs> Just the Yankees' luck. So that made it 8-8 eight to eight at that point. And the fact that you did not see Adam Adovino in a big spot like this towards the back end of the bullpen, if it hadn't been proven enough to you up to this point already that the Yankees had lost most of or all of their faith in Adam Adovino, this is basically all you needed to see, that they brought in Jonathan Lewisica over Adam Adovino. I'm not saying I blame them, but I'm just saying if you needed any more proof as to the amount of faith that they have lost in Adovino, then this is a fine indicator of it. But he is such an important arm. If he could find a way to get back into the back end of that bullpen and be effective for the Yankees, my God, how much that would help the bullpen. 
It's unfortunate, but he's just struggled so much. But in any event, Wiseka would find his way out of trouble in the bottom of the seventh. The Yankees would come up in the top of the eighth. They would not score after getting DJ and Judge on base via the walk. Aaron Hicks would ground into a force out, and then Clint Frazier, pinch hitting for Tyler Wade, who substituted earlier for Luke Voigt on the bases, would strike out on three pitches to end the inning. Then in the bottom of the eighth... Loisica came back out to work, which also had bad written all over it. Capital B-A-D. Delino DeShields with a lead-off walk. Francisco Lindor walks. First and second, nobody out. At this point, they bring in Aroldis Chapman, who, as we've spoken about, has added new pitches to his arsenal, namely the splitter, which is just devastating, filthy. And he showed his modified ways of pitching, whether it be the pitches themselves or his delivery from the set occasionally changing. Unfortunately, he would give up a bloop single out to left field by Cesar Hernandez to make it 9-8 to eight Indians, but then after that, he would strike out Jose Ramirez, and this, again, would prove to be an absolute game-saver by Gio Urshela. Carlos Santana would hit a ball hard to third base, almost into the hole, and Gio Urshela on a ground ball that was basically behind him when he made this diving stop. Dives to his left, makes the play, then while sitting down, throws a strike to DJ at second. DJ goes to first to Mike Ford, who was there, and they complete the incredible double play. One of the bigger and better double plays you will see from a third baseman in such a huge spot that would be made even more massive when you hear what happened in the top of the ninth. It ended up being a massive game saver. Because if the Indians scored even one or two more runs in the bottom of the eighth, who knows what would have happened in the top of the ninth. We could have very well have seen a game three. But instead, the game was kept at nine to eight. Aroldis Chapman gets out of the jam after that one run that scored charged to Luizaga since it was a runner from his jam on the bloop single by Cesar Hernandez. Now the top of the ninth. Brad Hand, one of the better closers in the game, comes in to try to finish the Yankees off. The guy has one of the filthier breaking pitches you will ever see from anybody, but the Yankees, as they did throughout this entire series really, had such a beautiful approach at the plate made Brad Hand go to them, just as they made Shane Bieber the night before go to them. They never tried to do too much then or now in this moment, and just as it yielded great results against Shane Bieber the night before, it yielded great results against Brad Hand now. Giancarlo Stanton, again in a big moment to start the ninth inning, leads off with a walk. Then Gio Urshela reaches out and punches a ball into center field for a base hit. First and second, nobody out. Then Glaber Torres on a ground ball to Brad Hand and misplayed on the mound. He earns himself a single. Now it's bases loaded. Nobody out. The Yankees are only down by a run. Brett Gardner, who has had a great series up to this point, comes up and after seven pitches, unfortunately, strikes out. Now Gary Sanchez is up in another big spot after doing what he did earlier with the two-run shot. He hits a ball to center field, does the job, gets the ball in the air deep enough to hit a sacrifice fly, scoring Mike Talkman, and the game is tied at nine. And of course, at this point, you don't even know what to do with yourself emotionally. And then DJ LeMayhew at the top of the lineup. You could always count on DJ. Didn't have a hit on this night up to this point, but there was no better time to break into the hit column. RBI single up the middle, ground ball to center field. It scores Gio Urshela and gives the Yankees a 
to nine lead. And Aaron Judge would walk after that, but then Aaron Hicks striking out would end the ninth, and there would be a bottom of the ninth for the Indians against Aroldis Chapman, who had already gotten three outs in the bottom of the eighth, so he would have to get a six-out save. And the Yankees, incredibly, again, the determination, the resilience, just never giving up having a 10-9 lead. The bottom of the ninth came around, and Aroldis Chapman was on the money. Striking out Franmil Reyes to start the inning, getting Luplo to ground out. Then he struck out Mercado on a disgusting splitter, but Gary Sanchez could not handle it in the dirt, so it got away from him, and Mercado made it to first. And then Austin Hedges came up, and he struck out as well. Game over. Yankees win one for the ages, sweep the Indians, and head on to the ALDS against the Rays. What a game. What a series. And particularly in this game, it's as simple as this. There are so many factors that led to the Yankee victory, but the Yankees don't win without Gio Urshela, Giancarlo Stanton, Gary Sanchez, DJ LeMayhew, the brilliant at-bats just from everyone all around, and Masahiro Tanaka somehow making it into the fifth inning after that train wreck of a start in the game, thanks to the weather and poor handling of start time by Major League Baseball. Just all around remarkable. The offense returned. And really, except for brief moments by Chad Green, who really did a nice job by escaping that inning and not allowing Jose Ramirez to come home to score. And of course, Jonathan Luizic had a tough time. But except for that, the pitching did its job. The Yankees had an unbelievable series, and they have a lot to feel good about heading to San Diego now that all the games from this point forward are going to be at neutral sites. American League games, the DS and the CS, will be in California at Petco Park in San Diego, and the National League games will be played at Globe Life Park in Texas, where the Rangers usually play. That'll host the DS and the CS for the National League, and the NLCS is actually expected to have fans along with the World Series. Real fans, not cardboard cutouts. Up to 10,000, I believe I saw. Both in Globe Life Park in Texas. So that, when we get to it, definitely ought to be interesting. So the Yankees have had off since they won on Wednesday. They are amped and determined to get this upcoming series with the Rays underway starting tomorrow night at 8.07 p.m. Eastern. And as I said, tomorrow night's game will be Garrett Cole against Blake Snell. And as I said in the DS and the CS, within those rounds, there are no days off. So they'll get right back to action on Tuesday at 8.10 p.m. Eastern. It'll probably be Tanaka against Glass now. The Yankees still have TBD next to their start but it'll probably be Tanaka and Glass now to match up against him. On Wednesday, it'll be at 7.10 p.m. Eastern. The Yankees will then be the home team in San Diego. Tampa Bay is listed as the home team in the first two games. That game will be Charlie Morton for the Rays and probably Jay Happ for the Yankees. 7.10 p.m. Eastern. And if necessary, game four will be on Thursday at 7.10 as well. You would probably see Davey Garcia starting that one. And if necessary, also game five will be at 7.10 on Friday. So by the time I talk to you next Sunday, the Yankees again, just like it was like when I spoke to you last Sunday, will either be out or will be getting ready to play game one of the ALCS next Sunday against either the Astros or the Athletics, whoever wins that series. It'd be awesome if they could finally knock the Astros off this year. There's a lot coming up, guys. I am so excited for this series against the Rays starting tomorrow. I cannot wait for this year's rivalry to be settled in this series. We'll see who gets the last laugh. It all comes to a head and it comes down to this. To me, 
2-8 and eight does not matter during the regular season. The Yankees are at full health right now. They are on a mission to win the World Series and silence the Rays going forward. And this shall be another stepping stone on their journey. I do think it's going to be a really tough series. Both teams are going to give it their absolute all against one another. They don't like each other and they want to win. It should be intense. As a matter of fact, every matchup features teams that don't like each other. The Yankees and the Rays, the Astros and the Athletics, the Dodgers and the Padres, and the Marlins and the Braves. So these matchups should all be very exciting. Once again, I gave all my reasoning for it earlier in the show, so I won't reiterate all of that, but I will reiterate my prediction for this series between the Yankees and the Rays. And like many did in the poll replies, I am predicting the Yankees coming out strong in this Rays series, even though I expect it to be very hard fought. I am predicting the Yankees to win this series in four games. I cannot wait until this gets underway tomorrow night at 8 o'clock, and I hope you will all be with me on social media, particularly Twitter, where I live tweet all games while this all goes on, and we could all have a blast. But as for now, that is all for episode... 66. Hey, nice job, Palpatine. You got it that time, right on cue. (laughs) Of Yapping Yankees today, let's give one last shout-out to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their baseball content and, of course, where they feature Yapping Yankees. Also, follow the main man behind the website, Darren, on Twitter, at Report. 28. Special thanks to Grunt Talks MLB for helping spread the word every week about yapping Yankees. And also be sure to follow me on all social medias, guys, so you can keep up on the latest having to do with me personally, along with the Yankees and yapping Yankees announcements, content, and Twitter and Instagram polls every Saturday. Follow me on Facebook at Mike Scudero NY. That's my fan page there. Follow me on Twitter, especially at Mike Scudero, and on Instagram as well at Mike Scuds. 97. And I'd also really appreciate it, guys, if you took the time to hit that subscribe button on the Yapping Yankees YouTube channel, and also subscribe and always listen to Yapping Yankees on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And while you're at it, listen to the past Yapping Yankees episodes that you've missed. Episodes 34 up to this one, episode 66, are available on YouTube, and all Yapping Yankees episodes, including today's, are available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Yapping Yankees is available on all four of those platforms, so do help spread the word and tell everybody you know to listen to Yapping Yankees. Once again, thank you 3000 for listening to me yap today. I am Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you next Sunday, October 11th, when I come at you with episode 67 of Yapping Yankees. Until then, Hang in there. Be patient. Please stay safe out there. Look out for your loved ones and enjoy this ALDS between the Yankees and Rays. And I hope when I talk to you next Sunday, we are getting ready for the Yankees to partake in the American League Championship Series. Enjoy the ALDS, everybody. Take care. And as always, let's go Yankees. Yankees.